Welcome to 2-Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast for Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're doing a season two preview. We, uh, I think you and I both just binged all of season one again. Yes. Uh, I missed chunks here and there. You know, it, I did it over the course of a single day, so I was doing wow. other things from time to time. But Power through there. Yeah, I had to do it. What? Let's talk about our name first, 2-Bit Encryption. Okay. Uh, because it implies something of a shoddy product. Right. And if, if people, yeah. uh, be, mostly I'm saying this because I don't want 100 emails saying 2-bit encryption is terrible. We, we know. We know. We know. I mean, 2-bit encryption is yeah. like when we were brainstorming ideas and when, when one of us came up with that, we just both burst out laughing because it's ridiculous. And uh-huh. like, you know, 2-bit podcasts, like it, it, everything sounds chintzy about it. But yeah. we hope that there, we're more robust, more like a 256-bit yeah, encryption. I'd settle for 128, you know. <laughs> Maybe even a nice Caesar cipher. I I don't know. <laughs> Rot thirteen or okay. or nothing. Uh, if Fair it's good enough. enough for my diary, it's good enough for all my financial data on the internet. <laughs> um, so so we got that out of the way. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, right. What was the your... other thing? Maybe before we get too much into season one, we should talk about our backgrounds in the, I computer was about... science oh, and stuff okay. because like. You know, watching this show, there's a lot of stuff that they get into about hacking and technology and servers and all that kind of stuff that made a lot of sense to me um, yes. and felt very realistic, and which is one of the reasons I liked it so much. Uh, given my background, I knew a lot about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how that hits people who don't. Right. But, but I, you know, I'm a web developer. Uh, I have done some server administration stuff. And, you know, as a curious teenager on the internet in the 90s uh of course i looked up oh like what what's hacking all about sure you know found Freaking, a lot of those ddos dialing and, uh, sure yeah, yeah in the glory days yeah when you could just pick up a headset and whistle at it and you're calling long distance to china right for free <laughs> uh, so that's my background i i definitely looked into all this stuff when i was right. a teenager uh so i've got a similar background um in web development and just client server development and architecture um but i've also i spent a couple of years doing security work as well because one of the one of the hats i wore when i worked for a retail company was the pci dss uh compliance which is all about yeah. the payment card industry protection and, of people's data right yeah. and, and it was all about you know so you know not just hardening your attacks from a technical standpoint but training your staff you know your weakest points always the cashiers like and like right it was uh, every other week occurrence, it seemed like, that uh, the big scam when I was doing, not only was it just the, the phishing devices where you'd actually have the external device that was covering the real device would read the strips. And uh-huh. they were getting really sophisticated uh, about five years ago when I was doing this where they were having like cell phone interfaces. So you didn't have to – once you physically compromised the pump, never you had never to had to go back, which is how they usually got – and you had to rely on your maintenance guys. And when cashiers were changing the like uh, – you know, the, the, the receipt tape and the, the gas pumps to, like, do a physical inspection to protect you from that. But also, yeah. like, it's surprising how, you know, like, you, you the, the, these Western Union, Union guys, uh, gang, would call and claim to be from Western Union and say, we need you to go to the terminal and input these diagnosis codes, uh-huh. uh, which are essentially bank numbers and amounts, and they would just, like, take out the max you could <laughs> from the store, and the cashier would just be okay, and then you'd train them and, like, you know, don't do this. No one from Western Union is ever going to call right. yeah. and like make that a day one thing. And then you'd have 
I remember one memorable weekend where a store manager got all huffy with the guy and was like, well, unless unless I hear from RCOO blank blank, I'm not authorizing anything. Well, within minutes, guess what? The CEO blank blank started calling and authorizing <laughs> these transactions. And it's like, oh, my God, right. the social engineering and hacking, seeing it yeah. in real life and realizing how easy it is to compromise the average person that's getting – minimum wage plus a buck or two that doesn't really give a shit in the first place it's an eye-opener and and how you know insidious a small piece of information can be like the name of a ceo the 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 name of a department uh in in your organization like that kind of social engineering stuff i I used to read 2600 a lot and that was one of the big things that like kevin mitnick did like people praise kevin mitnick who was kind of just a, a very notable hacker in the 90s got hunted by the FBI for a very long time, eventually went to prison. Uh, Most of the hacking that he did was social engineering. Indeed, because it's so much easier. It is so much easier. I mean, technically, you can harden a system to where it's very difficult to get in. Now, not impossible, but But people always have to. But people are the weak link in the system, yeah. And that's the thing that I think the show does really well, Uh is it it mixes, you know, the technical and also the social engineering aspects of hacking in a way that feels totally real to me. I mean, I think so. That's the thing. Like, there are limits. Like, um, I feel like, especially when you get to the outer edges of the F security plot, the fact that they're encrypting all the all the world's financial data and all their backups, right. and it's like where I'm like, man, that really strains my suspension of disbelief. But it's there's technically a, possible. Yeah, I guess. I'm essentially it's... the lawyer that's watching Better Call Saul. I'm the surgeon who's watching ER. Right. Like yeah. there, you can do your due diligence, but there's a couple points where you know they stretch what's the realm of possible. Even the premise, like E Corp, is this bastard conglomeration of like Microsoft mm-hmm. and Dow yeah. Chemical and Monsanto and an insurance company and. Uh, you know, uh, Enron, like it's it's like this, just everything they do, everything, yeah, and they I mean, have their pie, the finger in every pie, and I company is a lot like that in the world, sure. uh, the real world. I mean, like apparently Vivendi is into like all sorts of stuff other than just being like a gaming company, right? But and they own owning other gaming companies, they own like food. Yeah, you, and you certainly have multinational conglomerates, and... but the fact that you'd have one that's like this, I feel like this is a bit where. It's almost like a, I start stop seeing the real world and start seeing a bit more of a dystopia. Which right, like if you like, they're combining like B of A and yeah. Chase more like right. all of those companies into one uh-huh. because like in reality, if you took down B of A, well, the other banks would just you know continue to operate. Right, uh, uh, but here they need that as a plot device. So that's the thing is like I, I feel like. I was initially really impressed with the technical realism of the show. Um, unlike, you know, and not like it's super realistic, but like when you consider season two House of Cards and their hackers oh, sending three D right. fish things on iPads, and like it's just ridiculous. Whereas this, you know, it's like this guy's he's opening up uh, a terminal and you got right. a shell prompt, and he's using and he's... actual like a pseudo command or right. a ch mod, like right. All the all the commands actually seem to do what they want them to do. Right, right. Uh, a lot of hacking done in directly directory lists and and c mod and stuff yeah. like that. But or cha cha mod, how do you pronounce I don't, that? I'd say ch mod, but. That's cumbersome. Uh, it was interesting because I was watching it with my girlfriend, and she isn't technically inclined mm-hmm. the way that I am. So, like, 
it, it was interesting to hear her say, oh, yeah, I no, I get what's happening. Because they do just enough, like, minimal graphic stuff. Like, yes. during that DDoS and Elliot, attack. And, and, and Elliot's the, narration helps, too. It, it does a lot. saying yeah, what he's, he's explaining. doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if it gets to this server, they're, they're all going to be infected again. And we need to reroute traffic around it. And then they have the flashing graphics that help. So yeah. they do just enough without kind of going into, you know, 1990s hackers, mm-hmm. like the movie territory. Right. Where shit's spinning around in 3D and you're flying through. Right. And that's dumb. Digital towers. That's like, the stuff I don't. Like that, right. that, that is, you know. It's cool looking, but it's not yeah. realistic at all. Right. Uh, so I, I'm happy to see that this show does just enough to explain to a layperson what is going on without ruining it for people who know what is actually happening can we talk about a relationship with the show a bit because i'm curious i don't know this about you i know that i got into this show around episode three or four Mm. um because i was coming off of game of thrones and i think it was either already going or maybe i was on to or something was preventing me from picking it up plus it's a it's usa network show right nobody expected this to be amazing what is this some kind of csi hacker version you Mm know uh but I, the people I was gaming with were consistently talking about it, and and I was somewhat spoiled because no one actually came out and told me things. But you know the way they were doing the speculation uh, was I, I was primed that there was like a big twist. Now mm-hmm. I remember watching the show thinking it was fairly obvious fairly early on that Mister Robot and uh, Elliot was one and the same person, like. Ah, several okay. episodes before the actual reveal and even huh. like i felt like they revealed it and then the, and then the episode later he says i'm mr robot like wow th- thanks for catching up with us there elliot um <laughs> but i don't know like again i what yeah, what did I you don't... think because you watched it I, I can't remember if you watched the whole thing after it was released i did or... yeah I, I binge watched it after it was released uh i don't remember feeling like oh these guys are the same person um but after they reveal that, I was like, "Oh, his dad's totally dead. Like he's mm-hmm. he's not he's not around actually." Yeah. Uh, that was fairly obvious to me. But but they revealed that within the span of another like another episode. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have much time to to revel in my predictions there. Right. But also, so I thought the first half and the first two thirds of the season were incredible. Like the whole caper build up. Yeah. I kind of felt like the show fell off in the last three episodes. It felt kind of anticlimactic. That like, really, I'm, I thought it sagged I'm in Mr. the middle. I'm Mr. Robot, and I'm also Elliot, and oh, Darlene's my sister, and <laughs> huh. you okay. know, and and like we've done this thing, and it's this worldwide financial meltdown, and it kind of ends right there in in the middle of things, but. So that's the interesting thing. They said, like Sam Esmail, I think mm-hmm. is how you say it. Um, he was. He was saying, look, this is just a prologue to the show that I really want to uh, go for here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's – so go ahead. So go. so I can see why, like, you might think it's anticlimactic because he's just setting up the board. Right. Um, but I, I didn't really feel like it was anticlimactic. I mean, the, the hack goes off like you want it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, the world's in chaos. I thought there was a lot of climax there. I thought it kind of really sagged in the middle for me when – you know, they had this plan to get into Steel Mountain, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, shit, White Rose, and what? what is the name of that, of the Chinese hacking organization? Shit. It starts I with a j- D. I don't, yeah, I I don't just, know. Yeah, I just looked it up. Dead uh, Squad. <laughs> not Death Squad. Right. <laughs> right. Brian Redband's behind all of it. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, it's sad. Dark when, Army. Jesus. Dark, Dark Army. Dark so, Army. Yeah, right, it's a paintball arena. <laughs> uh <laughs> 
So it's and second. Indianapolis' premier haunted house location. Don't forget <laughs> That's that. That's true. It becomes Necropolis <laughs> in the month of October. Sure does. Uh, so for me, it sagged once that plot got put on the back burner, and they started doing this drug stuff with Shayla and the murder plot with her and this you guy didn't in like prison. That? I liked it, but it wasn't what I wanted out of the show. Oh I guess. man! Like for me, the interesting parts were the plan. Were, yeah, I guess was the hack. Like it became a different show at that point. Right. For like four episodes, and then it went back. Oh, Dark Army's back on. We're gonna meet with White Rose. It was a little bit. Now it's interesting again. I don't know. It felt a little bit like. 24 in that respect like you know you've got the main plot but every once in a while you'll get into some kind of side thing uh-huh. that and and those can go one of two ways like you can have uh you know keith sutherland doing something badass or you can have kim running from a mountain lion uh-huh. uh but i thought the the <laughs> dealing with uh kayla right shayla Sh- was i thought it was the, kayla i think it's shayla okay yeah it's um shayla. so deal, de- dealing with the whole thing with with shayla um, I thought was interesting because it was the first time that I thought that Elliot kind of had to be completely pulled out of his comfort zone and there was actual real stakes because everything else was kind of intellectual. Like, okay. we're going to yeah. hijack the world's financial data. And but nothing had actually happened yet on yeah, that front. Yeah, like these, right. were, these were like the fact that your hacking can have real consequences uh-huh. and can get people hurt. And also the fact that, you know, he she gave him clear instructions on like, hey... Before, like, he's always presented to his hacktivism was a good thing. Like, oh, he shut down a coffee-peddling pedophile. Right. And, you know, he's put a drug dealer away. It was abusing the woman that he cared about. Mm-hmm. And she tells him, like, you know, look, I don't want you to set up any revenge. I don't want you to make this right. And he did it anyway, and she died because of it. Yeah. Which I thought is an important lesson for 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 him to, to learn. Like, that, you know... Uh, this isn't all just fun and games, and you're not always going to win. Yeah, and I, I and do without like that the relationship. I don't, without that story, I don't know that you have that aspect of his kind of self-doubt and I caused this. And and then you had the flashback yeah. episode that showed that he direct, like, even before, like, he'd fucked her from the beginning. Yeah. Like, it was his crazy request to have his, like, responsible heroin use or yeah. morphine use uh-huh. that got her involved with this psycho in the first place. So he effect he in effect killed and, her. And how much kind of I guess you know to the it, I know it's a false dichotomy to like oh this girl looks wholesome and and healthy and now she's kind of gaunt and gothy and uh, you know she's she's having a bad time. But I think you're supposed to read that she was a much healthier individual before. I think so. They yeah. had formed a relationship, which yeah. I thought that was all. I mean, you're right. It didn't move the main plot along, but it did a lot to kind of humanize or, you know, bring Elliot down a couple pegs. It did. I guess I was just so gung-ho about this hacking plan, the Steel Mountain thing, that I really wanted to see it. And when they just put it on the back burner you compromise a system. You compromise a company's air conditioner. Yeah. And you got the whole thing blown wide open. Smelter tapes at 95 <laughs> degrees. I don't know if that's real. Uh, I don't know what those tapes can withstand, but who knows? They probably did some research on that and said, yeah, tapes melt at 95 degrees uh i also thought so here's the other thing you mentioned that that first scene with the child porn ring that he brings down right i thought that was super important to making elliot look like a good guy because you're right the rest of the series makes him look like a complete nut job that's hard to relate to sociopath psychopath uh just general asshole to a lot of his friends and co-workers and in a calculated way like he's not doing these out of thing he's not doing things he's not oblivious he's he's caught up in the emotion and he's like lashing out he's well 
I don't know. That that might be a complicated thing to unpack. But he's not oblivious. I mean, he it's, understands it's what he's a, doing. It's the opposite of oblivious. Yeah. He's like, I need to do this to elicit this reaction so I can get further. I either right. I, I get what I want out of life. Yeah, he's a real dirtbag most of the time. Yeah. Uh, so to start off with such a big thing that he's doing right mm-hmm. for the world, I, I feel like without that, you, you kind of have a different opinion of Elliot. Do you think that the thing that – so I remember – you know, we talked about Fight Club when we did the review of the Fight Club. How movie. could you not? Yeah, and we we talked a lot about um, just the philosophy, like that. I think that um, in Fight Club, you're supposed to kind of recoil from the Tyler Durden's philosophy and see it as ultimately kind of self-destructive and shallow and uninformed and ignorant. And yet, you also have this huge class of people. Uh, you know, usually young, angry males. Yeah, which I was when I watched it. That you They're know, like right uh, on the, the like the like quote quote Tyler Durden for truth. Yeah, so to say. And I feel like there's a, I've seen a lot of that in Mr. Robot too, where people are not getting how like really shitty his worldview is. Some of it, like like I like, mean, I, you can I agree with some of his sure his points. He says, I mean, the, the point where he starts like sermonizing about stuff and you know connections to people, like a lot of that does ring true. And you know how like the world celebrates phonies and frauds and corrupt individuals, and you know yeah. they show Tom Brady, and that made me laugh. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like there's a lot here that they're talking about relationships with people that is going to appeal to a certain type of of person yeah and they're going to take that as like oh well this is a validation of the way and where it's really more of a cautionary tale sure. like yeah uh, i mean it, in it, the end he doesn't want to go through with it right like this hack he kind of well, comes around to <laughs> sure one side of him the side that i would say uh is more is more close to Elliot's personality. Well, here's so I so we're going to talk eventually about theories. The one right. ones that I really like, the piece of analysis that is this is an anti Fight Club, and Fight Club Edward Norton's character created a darker persona for him to live out his fantasies and his dreams, right. and you know to inflict these things upon reality. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying Mr. Robot's the opposite, like. The Mr. Robot character, the malicious guy that's quick to pull a gun and threaten people and is angry and just wants anarchy, is the real Elliot. And Elliot has recently created the mild-mannered version, or he he created a mild-mannered version of himself to, even from a very early, early age... Like, that's one of the hints we're supposed to get when you see his father in the shop and he steals the money. And his dad says, well, you did a bad thing, but you're a good kid. We're supposed to understand that that's Elliot's first attempt at social engineering like okay. he presents hmm. this mild-mannered you know facade well i to guess hide his, his more nefarious things to the extent that it's now bifurcated and there's a lot of other like the, the well, i guess that's why that the, those scenes with his father you know the his actual father not mr robot yeah, yeah. um those scenes make me think that elliot as a character is closer to the real elliot than Mr. Robot is to the real Elliot. But there's so many things we don't know. Like, we just... I know. Like, yeah, five you, minutes you before we anything. recorded, we're like, I said, why the hell is he in court-ordered therapy? And the correct answer was, I don't know. 
Yes. Because the show doesn't tell you. The show doesn't tell you, but it's like it may, that that's illustrated. Now, it turns out that on USA's web, Mr. Robot website, there's a biography for all the characters, and it says for financial hacking related crimes, he Which was. Which you could kind of assume. <laughs> right. But she also says stuff about his violent outbursts, and I'm like, is there something right. darker? Like, did he beat up an ex girlfriend, or did he assault a, you okay. know, family member, or like a boss, or. Um, but he got he got convicted of these financial crimes, but that's not in the show, and we know so little about him. And I was getting to this point where in one of his his heroin vision or morphine visions or whatever, mm-hmm. Angela tells him, you know, you are not Elliot, and you were born a month ago. Young Angela or Angela eating QWERTY? Eating I don't. fish. The, the, I can't remember which one it is, but I know the vision you're talking about. But, but she says, you're not Elliot. And you were born a month ago. Yeah. Now, there's a couple ways you can read that. He stopped taking his meds a month ago. Uh-huh. Uh, also, that this version of Elliot, who's this mild-mannered, the one who doesn't want to do these things, is a recent manifestation of his psyche. Right. Um, I, I think that stuff is fascinating. I think that's the best part of the show, the the, the reality yeah. bending, like what's real, what's not. The fact that we have an unreliable narrator that's talking to us as the audience Yep, and almost in, in I, I love the, that about end of season, season one. Like I started thinking when on my rewatch, it's like, are we going to get to like, you know, a Tinkerbell clap your hands type of situation when he's asking the audience like, help, I need help, can you save me? Or is there going to be some kind of weird ARG that somehow influences the plot? Like, is it uh, where is he like, going? Like American, like the. <laughs> Like, people are going to text in and vote on what Elliot does next, or I what? I think that would be kind of an in- cool idea. It'd be so hard to to have a narrative-driven show like that. Well, you, I mean, there's two ways to do it. You can do the telltale way, where you make a choice, and the choice doesn't really matter. Ultimately, yeah. It's just, it's just gloss. Or they could, you know, it'd be kind but of... But then how satisfying is that? You could have also two different ways, like, you know, ultimately choose whether Elliot's going to have a happy outcome or a, or a bad outcome, and that happens in season two, and it, it deploys in season three, and maybe Sam Ismail's like, hey, I could tell you the story. Uh-huh. I think each one, and that's the thing, like, everything's so fluid with Elliot that yeah. you really could, even far along in the plot, plausibly introduce things that would radically change the trajectory of his character. Yeah, so I... I want to talk a little saying more. I want to see that because that does feel a little gimmicky. But th- when when he's like, you know, uh, please, he's, he's addressing me as the audience and asking for help. I'm like, wow, what? Yeah. How far could they take that that kind of immersion? Right. Yeah. That. So that was one of the really satisfying things about season one, aside from just the realism and hacking. Uh, it, it was the way that he kind of we were a character in the show. We were another manifestation of his his imagination or yeah. his psychosis. It's yeah, the viewer is definitely a character in the show. Right. And and he talks to us and he uh kind of says the things that we're thinking at times. Like, "Oh, I I know what you're thinking. Uh I'm full on crazy." Yeah. Yeah, no, you're definitely crazy, dude. Uh that was one of the really cool things. Um another thing that I really enjoyed about season 1 is the the shot composition, like Mm-hmm. made it feel very like it made you feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, because it, it's not the typical like oh the people talking across a frame from left to right and like um, things that move into the past or the future or have a future move in this certain way it's just like we're gonna change up the rules about shot composition and we're going to do it in a way that feels right for the show but it's backwards of like, you know, it when they're shooting very a person yeah. talking, it's, you, you know, their back of their head is dominating the frame. Instead right. Of the and they're looking out the left side of the frame yeah, instead of the right. And exactly. It's, it's just 
playing enough with the shot composition mm-hmm. that it makes you feel strange. Yeah. And, and you don't really know why unless you go back and say, oh, okay, this is why this right. shot was not what I expected. And the other thing about, like, you know, playing against expectations on USA, you have a certain uh, thought in mind about a USA network aesthetic. Sure. And then they are bringing, like, a premium cable drama quality to this. Like, yeah. there's nothing that says this is this is chintzy or crappy or... No, not at uh, all. <laughs> you know, and not I was thinking, like, man, and I wonder... And the score, too. The score is fantastic. The score is good. Score's I, good. I love that kind of, you know, building synth vibe they've got going. Well, and it's funny because we talked a lot about this on the the leftovers, but you know, the where's my mind? Right. Fight Club right. ref that the reference that uh leftovers did. And it's funny because uh Mr. Robot did it first. Yeah. But I feel like leftovers ended up doing it definitively. Yeah, I would say so. It was the year of the Pixies for sure. sure. I mean, like uh-huh. <laughs> that song was everywhere. Uh, especially because we reviewed Fight Club last year, it's just right. all yeah, over the no place. kidding. We got a like double, triple barrel, man. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I really appreciated and that was I I found the re- the rewatch surprisingly rewarding because I walked away from my first season thinking this is a great show, but I'm not so sure about some of the late season re- revelations and how well they track through. And I think Tyrell Wellick is a train wreck. Right. Uh, yeah, you hated him. I remember that. Well, you're supposed to. Like he is. Sure, but you, you hated the his worst. story arc. You just didn't like anything about that character well, or the arc yeah. or anything. I, 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 I want to get there eventually. Okay, but I'm not ready to. <laughs> uh, I thought it was super interesting to rewatch the show with the full knowledge that Mr. Robot is Elliot. Yeah, because I thought Christian Slater did a pretty good job of aping some of. Uh, ah, shit! Is Malik? Yeah, Rami or Rami, I don't know how to say his first name, Malik. Uh, He did a lot of his Mr. Robot quirks when Mr. Robot is trying... Well, when Elliot's trying... Because Elliot can be charming and and engaging when he puts... Mm -hmm. It's like he's putting on a mask, an F-Society mask to do it. And it's somehow like Christian Slater was was suggesting that, especially I noticed when he was threatening one of the F-Society members, the guy who just wanted to grow super pot strain. Or he implanted it into wheat and he was like it's something yeah it was some kind of crazy hacker marijuana plot right um but he i I thought when he was pulling like the way he was holding his head and his body language was intentionally suggesting that this is you know this is still elliot and that tracks through really cleanly yeah i'm still don't know what to think about darlene because i felt that that was a shocking revelation when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but second, when I was rewatching it, I was looking like, okay, are they playing straight with this? And I thought that their relationship was a little bit more flirty. Now, again, Elliot's an unreliable narrator, right. so like we could anything that was flirty or suggestive, it could have been him reading into it, not knowing that he was she was his sister. Right. But I thought that 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 didn't they didn't necessarily play straight with that. And again. I'm. Okay. I don't have a sister that I'm the same age with. Like uh, my sister's seven years younger than me. Yeah. Uh, so all I have is that relationship, and like you know, my friend's sisters and how they. I just never was that physically close, and you know, touchy feely yeah. and kind of, I guess, flirty or playful with with my sister. Okay, so I I don't have a sister at all. Let me preface it with that. You did dress your younger brother I, a few up times with lipstick, yeah. and you know, just tried it out. Right. But that that was more as a fuck you <laughs> than anything. Uh, no. So I. I don't have any kind of, you know, childhood experience with sisters, but 
the the show is definitely going there. Like at some point, you know, at the end, the whole thing, the the thing that breaks it wide open is he kisses her, right? So like, mm-hmm. obviously, Rami, uh, Rami, let, let's call him Elliot. Yeah, I don't want to say that Rami's <laughs> kissing his sister here. Uh, obviously, Elliot is sensing that from her. And I think you're right to point out that that may just be all in his head, and it probably is, in fact, because of the yeah. way she reacts to an actual kiss. Is Darlene his sister? Uh, I think yes. I think if you want to pull the wool over my eyes again and say that her reaction was some manifestation of his psychosis... Well, because I... there's there's only one photograph of her with Christian Slater. Okay, I guess and, and what do you sh- mean by sister, then? Well, what I'm saying is, like, so there's a couple possibilities. Is uh-huh. she his bi- biological sister? Because there aren't very many pictures okay. of the whole family together. When he right. when he hallucinates his family in Times Square, she's notably absent. Yeah. Is she, like, a foster parent that or a foster or, or stepsister that she had um, mm-hmm. when he, I mean, I you know, I'm assuming at some point he was institutionalized? When his dad died, or his dad died when he could be when he's a young. I mean, I, I don't. The timeline's I, really fuzzy. I know for me, he honestly. and Angela bonded, and I don't know that Angela has ever been through uh, foster care or anything. Anything? Crazy. No, but she did lose her. She lost her mom. Yeah, mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, right. And that's what they bonded over. That's yes, why they became friends. Exactly. Uh, so I, I don't know if he spent any time in you know child psychology or anything like that. I don't know when his dad died cuz some point at some point it makes it seem like he died as when he was a young adult. Yeah, so and that led him on to his social like that was his first kind of hacktivism. I get the thing. impression it's when he was young because like in that scene like where young he's adult at, or like no, like teenager. a kid, like okay. a teenager because like in that scene where um they're in the computer shop and he steals the 20 from that yeah. guy whatever. His dad's coughing. Yeah, yeah, sure. And it's it's there to imply, oh, his dad's real sick, and he doesn't quite know it yet, right. but he's about to find out. So there you go. If his dad died when he's 16, his mom's already out of the picture, then yeah. he is going to be put in some kind of foster system. Well, I mean, I guess well, he, could go to his other, so, he could go to another family member. You see his mom being pretty abusive toward him, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that his dad died when he was younger than that. Like, yeah. 12 13 okay uh like i think his dad is about to find out oh the diagnosis is real bad and you're dead within the next year walter white style right uh-huh. um so because all of those I scenes his mom died before his dad though no i don't i don't know i i couldn't tell you for sure but like i got the impression that all of that abuse that his mom heaped upon him was mm-hmm. partially due to the stress she was dealing with ah. with his dad being dead and raising a single child like okay all I thought all of that was tied together, but, but maybe not. So there's uh, there's a couple scenes where I think maybe Darlene is either an agent of the White Rose or okay. like, or or Ty, Ty, Tyrell Willick, because at one point okay. Tyrell meets with Mister Robot, right? With Christian, Christian Slater? Slater, yes, in a car, sure. And he says, "I know your dirty little secret," implying that Tyrell knows about his mental illness, and that's something you could do to fuck with somebody, like you know, put someone on the inside and encourage an attraction, mm-hmm. and then tell them you're a sister. I mean, this is all w- wild, crazy conspiracy I, theory stuff, but right, I thought that, it, that's what this show encourages. I thought that was him saying, "I know about F Society. I know you uh, started F Society, and this is what your plan is." And okay. then later on, it makes sense when he's like. He comes to him and wants in on the the thing. Okay, all right, that also makes sense. That was my reading. Uh, Wait, can, can we go back to like okay, Darlene I, for I, a second? Because I I think like 
going through on a second watch, it makes like so much of the stuff in retrospect makes more sense. Like, mm-hmm. you know what? There's you know, no the, way that she has to be. She can't be just a plant because she also knows Angela from way does, back. Yeah. So that would that that they that that was a conversation they had to. You know, Elliot wasn't in the room. Yeah. When yeah. they're doing their ballet, there's shit. no unreliable yeah, narrator. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't think that 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 theory tracks. Unless Elliot is also Darlene. That is probably me just trying <laughs> to explain my. Weird, you know the weirdness I felt about watching them supposedly be, you know, brother and sister. It's the same way as like yeah, going back I, and watching a New Hope when you know Luke and Layers. It's like right, what the fuck? It's what a little squeaky too. Yeah, uh, but but it makes a lot more sense. Like why she's so cavalier about breaking into his house? And, sure, yeah, like, all of this stuff. They're yeah. just they're comfortable around each other because they're brother and sister, right? Like, right. He doesn't know that, so he's weirded out by this girl who's just way more embedded in his life than he ever wanted right. her to be and just doesn't give a fuck about that. Like, Yeah. It yeah. makes a lot of sense. And I do like when, when we go back and watch the Christian Slater stuff, knowing that Mr. Robot is Elliot, uh, there's a lot of scenes like when he first goes to the F Society headquarters and they're kind of, Christian Slater is doing the talking, but Ram like Elliot's standing behind him. Yes, so the and, like, sight people lines are looking up. at yes. Christian Slater, but yep. but you know that they're actually looking through him yes. at Rami who's talking. Like yes, all the sight lines match up cool. at all times. And uh, and when Christian Slater kind of comes forward and starts talking about the plan and getting involved in in the discussion, Elliot sits sits it out. Right, mm-hmm. like they're never kind of at the same time doing. No, the same that, thing. That, that does track really tightly, and I think that like at the the, the whole scene where he gets punched out by the big dude for yeah. fucking his mom uh-huh. was to show us that reality. That like, okay, here's here is Elliot choking himself up against the wall. Uh-huh. Here he is across. Now Christian Slater's going across the room. When he gets punched and falls, he doesn't he doesn't fall by the wall. He falls over by. So there, that's like it's almost right. like he's that. That's the prestige, right? Yeah. Like now, go back and watch all these scenes and and see how like just because someone's body is here and the mm-hmm. other person's here, it's like it all still lines up. It's it that that stuff. Unsurprisingly, like it'd be a real amateur hour right. if you could go back and see like what the fuck he's like looking at Mister Robot and. Yeah, but that second watch is pretty rewarding. Just yeah. just from that perspective. Alone. Yeah, definitely. Because I, you know, I don't think anybody was like prepared for that to be happening. No, in the first one. three or four episodes. So like, but there's still a lot of that going on. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's 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 nice to go rewatch. Uh, I I'm I'm itching to talk about this Tyrell Willett guy. Do it. Let's let's talk about him. Okay. So my first season, I thought this guy was terrible like this yeah, guy is every fucking james bond villain every fucking sleazy <laughs> financial guy every christian bale from american psycho uh-huh. rolled up when one character with a fucking batshit insane wife to match yeah and i'm like i don't like seriously seriously he fires dudes just to twirl his mustache he beats up homeless people just to fucking get his rocks off he engages in bdsm sex with his pregnant wife which you know the least freaky thing he does he strangles a woman that he's in the middle of seducing and then he bought this i mean i feel like there's no there i feel like there's no way that he's relatable and he's but he's also shown as right. like the equal to elliot in a lot of ways and may so second yeah second i, I still feel a lot of this that, that, that he's a terrible bad character He's okay. got nothing that feels like anything remotely human. He's just like an alien creature. But I started coming around in the second watch. 
that he literally is Elliot. Not literally, because I'm about to. I'm also okay, suggest that about later to in the podcast that as well. Sure, uh, but he's he is Elliot. If Elliot were to put on a suit mm-hmm. and try to embody the ideals that society says, where you accumulate wealth, you marry a beautiful woman, yeah. you, if he's trying to play that game perfectly, you, you and and you know the way he wears his mask and the way he awkwardly interacts with people, it's like this is the way I'm supposed to act, and yeah. like that, like he's Elliot would be Tyrell if he tried that hard to wear the mask. Yeah, he would he would be that crazy. I don't think it's easy to suggest that. Okay, there's not that much daylight between those two characters. It's just their circumstances and but even then, like, I still feel like okay, so Tyrell's this weird changeling guy. He's this, you know, American psycho. Mm-hmm. And he, how do you find a wife that like I, I almost felt like it'd have been a stronger arc if his wife was unaware of how insane he was instead of like subtly encouraging and rooting him on. Like, you okay. know, that then like it would be kind of a but then I don't know, maybe that Maybe it's interesting to have a female that is maybe perhaps crazier than the fucking craziest antagonist I've ever seen. I think uh, she is, yeah. She's the one pulling the strings on his life um, for for the most part. Like, I think he's already prone to wanting power, to wanting success. Yeah. Um, and to wanting to live this, pers- this uh, perfect life. But she's the one pushing him in the psychosis direction, like putting all the pressure on him. Uh, it, it, you know, not all the pressure. I'm not going to say that. He's also doing it to himself. But in a weird way, this is very much like Unbreakable, where you're seeing the beginnings of a superhero and a supervillain. Okay. Like Tyrell Wellick at the end, he's no longer on the corporate track, and and season two trailers right. make it clear that he is wanted in connection with this F Society attack. Uh-huh. So he's never going to be in the boardroom. Like he's now going to be a full on right. Morpheus type Matrix supervillain mm-hmm. uh, with Mister Robot, I suppose, as the the good guy in the equation. But that's debatable. Yeah, uh, it is debatable. I I think that the thing that's interesting to me is how he is kind of a, a counterpoint to Elliot, um, kind of from the inside of this, right? Like he mm-hmm. thinks he can do this perfect life, and that there's like all this extreme value in society. Like mm-hmm. he he's not on F society's uh, radar or or F society isn't on his radar until he gets fired. And then like all those things that he's been saying about how puny people are driven by their weak sure. uh, human desires, like petty revenge and mm-hmm. things like that. Well, that's exactly what happens to him at the end. He only gets involved with F society out of a, a sense of revenge like this, this, Evil Corp, huh. the spurning from Evil Corp dominates his psyche to the point where the only thing he can do is get involved with with this revenge plot. I don't know that it was revenge. I thought it was more of like, well, this avenue for being this rich, powerful individual is closed off to me. I'm now going to but go the other way. Right, but I mean that he doesn't gain power or anything by doing that the, the i mean arguably the f society is one of the most powerful groups in the world at the point at the end of season one but it's momentary power right like they're not they're not running things they just fucked everything up right so like yeah you have that moment of power where you're you're able to bring down the system but well, what i'm saying but is it's, like i think he's positioning himself to be a legit james bond villain like volcano right. layer but I mean, he's working the power actively. behind multinational companies like that. It would be interesting because so. But but my revenge point is he's working actively to stop F Society until he's he's 
found out and, yeah. and this murder thing happens and he gets fired and then he's like well here's my recourse here's my revenge that that read to me less revenge and more plan b because the other thing is the post-credit sequence in the hmm. show show that so there is some kind of connection between evil corp and this shadowy world of hackers right like maybe that the dark army contr- is the power behind and that, and I don't know that Tyrell set out to do this knowingly, but it would be ironic if he ends up running Evil Corp as some kind of hacker, right? You know, as, as, as I don't even this seem this is where like stuff starts get silly. Uh, yeah, I. It's interesting because they constantly talk about the Dark Army and how their motivations are not, sure. you know, political. They're not. They're not motivated by money or or the same things that elliot is, is motivated bullshit. by bullshit there's 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 someone's always there's it's power politics money well sex some, love like the, revenge pa- there are plenty of things right. that motivate people it's right. just we don't know what their actual motivation is they no. have a motivation certainly and it's rooted in the hu- human psyche but right what is it well, and White That's Rose is question. even this like paradox because she's obviously this transsexual person but in uh-huh. the end, like, was this to fit into a male-dominated society? Presenting as a man, was that an, a, an attempt to fit in? Is that her real persona? And or is the it just white rose persona is the disguise? Like, right. who the fuck knows? Who like, knows? everybody, and, like, you know, they 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 play around with the masks idea and the anonymous deal, which that's, that's yeah. somewhat annoying to me, the fact, like, why didn't they just go full-on anonymous? Uh, just because they, I mean, is anonymous would anonymous sue them? They did. They they essentially <laughs> did, right? But I the mean, mask nobody's... is goof. Like Guy Fox, way more menacing in a video than evil Monopoly guy. I guess. All right. Like this guy I looks guess. like he wants me to buy Big Mac so I can get Boardwalk and Park Place and win a million dollars. He doesn't look like he wants to set me free. Okay. I mean, the aesthetic <laughs> of the mask yeah, yeah. is the least. Uh, interesting thing, I guess, for me to talk about when it comes to... <laughs> well, f- guess what's the most interesting now? Every podcast, we're going to have at least 15 minutes of mask talk. <laughs> God. You know. I quit. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trying to set you free, Jim. But So that is one of the mo- the most interesting things about season one, is that it is kind of bigger than Elliot, and like the discussion, you know, when it comes down to Elliot and Tyrell, like, those are two people with who are suffering from psychosis, right? And like, these people like that exploration of psychosis and i think like the exploration of the human psyche and what drives people and when that gets fragmented and there's like really horrific events that happen to them uh i think that's gonna be an interesting part of seasons uh going forward Mm -hmm. like i want to explore that more Mm -hmm. than just like oh i've got this split personality my father's actually dead sort of stuff like, how does that drive your motivations? How yeah. do you combat that? Like, when you realize that you're insane, and the part what, of you are, wants what drives the, your actions? Yeah, and the part of you wants something, the other part doesn't, which is the real you. Right. What do you really want? I'm looking for more ex- exploration of that. Yeah. Like, I'm not looking for answers, I guess. Sure. But just, like, play with that idea. Yeah, like, you know, in the leftovers way. Like, they don't... The, there's yeah. not answers. It's more revealed truths and and I, I i i don't know like you either get the fact that character development is, is satisfying as the mechanics of a plot or you don't yeah and like i can't explain it like you know sure <laughs> uh but i i agree with you that stuff can be equally satisfying um i don't know like i, I don't know if they can sustain a like caper of the season whereas if if and also right. i don't know that they need to i mean mm-hmm. this is a huge like i've 
I almost think they undersold like how much fucking chaos there'd be if for three days people couldn't get money out of an ATM or their loans right. were gone or their 401k is gone. Like you've got what do the people do that are relying on that income? Like you're 50, 55, you're, 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 you saved up your whole life, you're early retired, and now your money's gone. Yeah. Like that is going to. The and, unintended consequences, I think, of these actions are super interesting in and, season two. And I wonder if that's going to be like, if you are all jizzed up about, jazzed up, jizzed, jizzed up, up to, if you're all yeah. jizzed up, just popping off everywhere about the mm-hmm. idea of anarchy. Uh huh. Like this is what anarchy would look like, and I, I don't. Right. I, I just feel like that. Man, I, I, I feel. I felt like the kind of nice, orderly mobs and and gentle chaos that we saw three days after the event would no. Like I, I don't. But know. I feel like, like New that's York just, would be on fire. I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. I think like season two is really going to dig into the consequences of deleting everyone's debt and destroying essentially the financial system that we've put in place sure. over the last hundred years or like are we th- thousands of years you know like yeah. this has been in the making so long yeah to destroy it in an instant is chaos pure yeah. chaos it's like anytime someone starts saying like you know what does money even mean it's just paper and it's like the value does you know it's not i'm like look look right you are so fucking ignorant of economic history you just really need to start talk stop talking and crack a book any book sure go and, find and a book I'm, in economics i'm in that boat but i'm not so naive that i think i have the answer and i right. think that this would be a good solution to to break the system overnight yeah I yeah, it's I just want the thing that I got and it's the season two trailers it might bug me is that I didn't get the overwhelming sensation that the world as we know it has stopped functioning. It seems like it's business as usual. There's cops and FBI agents and all that. Then like, right? Are they working without salary? Are they getting paid? Like, right. did the government get hacked too? Is the Treasury Department like? I I, I don't know. I. I what happens when people's pantries run dry? Right. What happens when... Mad fucking Max is what happens. Absolutely. And, and in a city as big as New York, that... Especially since, like, is this dangerous. is an apocalyptic situation without the attending, like, 90% wiping out of the population. Exactly. Where, like, yeah. you've got just as many mouths to feed and none of the... Like, you know, say what you will about modern uh, economic policy and global finance and whatnot, but it does put food on the table for the majority of people. Uh-huh. You know? Uh... And you're essentially taking all the first world and giving them third world problems. Like, yeah. what are you going to eat? Right. And you the bandages. Catch a chicken in, the, in New York City? <laughs> right. You're going you're gonna, to... You're gonna, and, and you can go to everyone and for say... turnips in, in, in Central Park? <laughs> sure. What are you doing, man? Right. So you need some kind of global cooperation from people to say, let's keep this system going. Like, do the things you've been continuing to do, except let's do it without money. Right. That's, that ain't going to happen. And like, okay, it just isn't going to happen. Yeah, you're a wage slave at your corporate IT job. Great. Walk out. Now what the firemen, the policemen, and this, the nurses, right. and the doctors, what are they doing? Like, it's, I, I, I worry that they're not going to go far enough, and it's going to be essentially... But I hope that they will. It's going to be essentially a, a remixed Obama speech and some CNN tickers, but every life is kind of going on, you know, as normal. Right. But I don't and know. And that it's might hard happen to for a, a couple trailer. of days, but once payday comes around, that's the real... But that's the thing. Like, it's not just fucker. payday. I mean, do you? how much cash do you have on you? Uh, zero. Like, oh, not that, zero. Um, I have like $23 zero. in my pocket right now. Right. If my bank account was zapped, fuck payday. What am I doing today? Yeah. I've got How am I a couple get days of food in my fridge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got a couple days of my fr- uh, food in my right. fridge. Then Same what? here. 
Then what? That's what I mean. Like, pantries run dry. People start rioting in the streets, start killing each and other for like food. it's not like 15% unemployment, which is already catastrophic. It's like everyone at it's the 100%. same time. Yeah. Like, you go to your neighbor, hey, can I borrow? No, you can't. My last cup of sugar ran out last night. So that's the thing that I'm super excited about for season two, if they really explore that idea. Well, so now let's talk about my fears. Okay. Because the last time I heard a guy say... You know what? I had this story that I was writing and uh, in my notepad, and I, you know, I've realized it's a three arc part. And I took the first arc and I and I, 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 I exploded and blub. It was George Lucas talking about Star Wars. Oh, and God. oh God, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like this, it's yeah. eerily the way this guy talks about the plot of Mr. Robot is eerily similar to the chest beating that Lucas did post Return of the Jedi, pre sure uh, Phantom bullshit. And that so he could actually deliver on these promises, which would be incredible. Yeah. Or he shot his wad, and he's desperately trying to come up with the second act that he doesn't really have. Okay. And I, I mean, I feel like we'll know within three episodes <laughs> whether that that fear yeah. is true. But like, it's a legitimate fear. Yeah, because I, I was the guy. You know, I was one of the ones saying that. Boy, it felt like the third act of the first season kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. And he then says, well, this is not even act one. This is the prologue of the story that I really want to tell. And I'm like, oh, okay. That has me kind of reaching for my wallet and gun. Uh I, I don't I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. what do you I mean, do, we have no yeah, I mean, confidence. The, well, I don't have anything that can inform me one way or another. I'm not familiar with Sam as right. works sure. as a as a whole. I don't I don't have any confidence, but then again, I don't have any negative feelings toward him. So I guess I'm throwing my hands up and say, uh, I'm going to say, let's wait and see. Right. Uh, Because that's all I can do. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot about, like, the hunt for the hackers in this new season based on the preview that I saw. Yeah. Uh, You know, Elliot's going to be hunted, whether he's hunted directly by uh, Evil Corp or he's hunted by the government at large. I don't know yet. Or both. Or or both. both. Probably both, yeah. Um, Because, you know, the government's certainly going to get in on the hacker hunt. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. It could be interesting. I don't, it didn't seem to me like for a show where the global economy has just been upended, it didn't seem to me like there was a lot of global reach in, in the preview anyway. Like that's, that's, I I didn't like, you see the president going, Oh, this is a big crisis and we're going to hunt the hackers down, but you don't see any hints that like the president's going after China or mm-hmm. doing investigations into the dark army in particular. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure that's probably in there, right? Maybe that seems like a natural progression. Yeah. When something like this happens. But that's, uh, that's why I think my big problems with the third act were why did dark army get back on? Because he has his meeting with sure. white Rose and everything, even white Rose was saying, everything you're saying makes me want to get out of this deal worse. Yeah. And at the very last part of the conversation she's like you've got 50 hours right to yeah. blah 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 the question and it's like, that makes sense and then it, it's it's back on same thing with angela like her character went from this social crusader trying to get justice to her father to corporate whore and where's my prada <laughs> bitch she had a momentary lapse in in ideology I, but i'll I feel say like that, that i don't think she transformed as a character I, in that product to moment. me this felt like the writer's deliberate attempts to manipulate a character into the inner highest echelon yeah. bowels yeah. of e-corp so evil corp so that she will be useful in season two and i don't like that i that think, didn't feel organic at all 
Okay, I'm I'm mostly with you there. I I don't know that you know this this guy coming to her and offering her this job made a whole hell of a lot of sense. Although right. there's hints in in the season two stuff that I've seen in interviews with the cast members that like he like this character who's the head of E Corp, Evil Corp, uh, Price sees that something in Philip Price. Yeah, okay, Philip Price. Uh, he sees something in Angela. He he knows that she's close to the hacker who infiltrated the systems. Like there's a reason he's keeping her around. I feel like season one doesn't give us a lot of information that maybe would make these things line up a little better, make more sense. Like the motivation for dark army and and white rose, for instance, like the motivation for Philip price. Like I'm just saying for what we know now, those are the big, uh, like I would say weaknesses. They could turn into strengths later, but okay. And even if he's got plans for her, why the fuck does she decide to get a, I mean, I guess we're supposed to destroy it from the inside. I mean, she buys into that idea. I don't know because I got more like, she had this conversation with the guy where she he's like, "Look, you think it's this one thing, but it's more just you know, I wanted to move on to my lunch basket and I wanted to go home, right? And I I treat my job just like everyone treats my you know the fact that I yeah. decide horrifying things doesn't mean like I'm sitting there thinking, ha fucking right. these people for profit. It's like it's a job, just like any other unpleasant job." Which you all do. felt very realistic, and she's like, me. "Okay." She had this epiphany where it's like, "Well, if the world really works this way, my dad's getting ground to nothing. I might as well get in and get mine and protect the people." Then, hmm. I, the, okay, to me that needed a little bit more room to breathe and develop. Like I needed a couple more episodes in between. It felt a little Anakin Skywalker. Oh my God! I what have I done? Uh, I I I, I, I killed I killed Samuel Jackson. Now I guess I'll just the only recourse is to slaughter infant Jedi. And yeah, that's not the impression I got from Angela. It was huh. more like she wants to get in and see what she can do to actually change the system that's broken. So the where's I think I'll try the Prada was just her. It was her realizing how that. easy it would be to get to get into this mindset that these other people in evil corp are in like how tempting that is and she she kind of realized how horrifying that is um toward the end where this guy's giving the speech in this big evil corp room Mm. uh to me it felt like her having a momentary slip up and realizing it and going oh god yeah that's what i could become this is a very dangerous situation for me but not backing out of the situation still wanting to try to change things okay so the other thing I'm wondering about for season two is what is the relationship between Elliot and his therapist? Because the way they left it right, is Elliot confesses to the fact that like I I connect with people through hacking them and mm-hmm. I've hacked the shit out of you and everybody else and you're all the situation. It's all very horrifying. Yeah. And I know you like watching anal porn so, and then we have to share a room together and make eye contact. Uh, right. Whether you participate in what it, is it you actually know, I, in your life, I don't know or don't care. <laughs> I've been able to figure out the hook, the, the 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 hacker webcams. I wasn't actually seeing what you were doing when you were watching it. <laughs> right. Uh, and then she has the meeting with her ex boyfriend, who turns out to be a scumbag. Where he's trying to convince her to, you know, this guy really hurts people, and and she should turn him in. I don't. Are they? Are they? St- is he still going to be seeing her as a therapist? Is, did she fire him as a client? Like what? Good question. Well, what, what, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I thought that was an interesting, interesting character. Yeah. Um, because 
it's funny because Elliot never took the therapy seriously, but I couldn't help but thinking, especially the second time through, is like, Jesus, if you would actually open up your mind and let a little of this seep through. Yeah. And, that's, and I think that might be what's happening because now he realizes he's crazy and he needs some kind of yeah, help. And, and I wonder what the overall arc you know, of this story is going to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Is this going to is, – is the resolution of this story going to be Elliot – merging all of his personalities together, getting on some kind of effective therapy and drug combination and being uh-huh. a, ha- a happy, well-adjusted individual? Is he going to die as a martyr? Is he going to become a supervillain uh, and embrace his psychoses? I, I, right. I wonder I wonder what we're supposed to think or what are you supposed to be rooting for? And, because, and yeah, will, will he battle against it and what does a relapse look like? Like, yeah. Because obviously something triggered Mr. Robot in the first place, right? And I don't think it happened when his dad died. I think it happened later on because they talk about, oh, you're going through this again, Elliot? Like, did you forget again? I'm your sister. Like, It was the lonely, right? I feel like he gets in a cycle where he's so insane. He he tries to fit into society and doing so alienates him and makes him feel extremely lonely. Uh-huh. And then he starts having these psychotic breaks uh, and, and starts, you know, hacking people to feel close to them. And he's got, got in this kind of cycle of where he goes off his meds yeah. and goes off the script. And, and and we catch him at the beginning of a cycle. Yes. I want to see what it or maybe looks, even what the middle. The build like up he was at the another... crest. He was at the high point of one of his cycles where he's highly functioning and he's got right. a stable set of people in his life that kind of more or less are positive influences. And he's so I... self-medicated himself to where he can get by. Yeah, I want to see what the build-up to another break looks like, mm. to another Mr. Robot incident looks like for him. Yeah, do you think we'll like go through different epochs like that, where he'll... It feels like that could be the track, mm. unless he does get some therapy and gets some help and starts to get better. Right, and that, what that brings me back to when I was talking about you know not knowing what to think and not knowing who to root for, is I feel like maybe one of the reasons Tyrell is such a whack job and Evil Corp is so over-the-top... like. The ethos yeah. of this show wants you to think that all companies, right? Like, like the worst that we've uncovered about corporate America is how they all act behind the scenes. And as p- a person who's sat in several boardrooms and been in yeah. conversations where it's like, oh wow, we've just found this thing where consumers are getting fucked, and you know, like large or small, something the public trust is at issue. I've always seen them, like in my experience, take the more expensive ethical approach. Okay. Now, part of it is because, you know, uh, you just get the sh- you, you, making a mistake and coming clean and 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 trying to help your your customers and clientele out will never dis- usually destroy the company. Mm-hmm. Whereas covering it up and trying to bury it, if that ever does get uh, 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 out, it will destroy your company. And the nature right. of whistleblowing and all you need in a boardroom out of twenty people is like one ethical person, and you're fucked. Uh, okay. Sure. You yeah. Know. So I, I, that's that's the thing that always bugs me. Is but the, the reason they really amp up the evilness of of E Corp and Tyrell uh, Willick is so that we will root for F Society because if right. it's just F Society against a normal representation of the universe, uh-huh. I feel like I'm rooting for the FBI agents and the CIA and the uh, the all safes okay. of the world. So, so that's the thing. Like I. I don't feel like I'm entirely on F Society's side at this point. And we like, talked about this yesterday over lunch. Elliot's a bad – like, the one good guy in the show, yeah. Gideon, Gideon, who mm-hmm. seems like he's always doing it for the right reasons, Elliot fucks he does. completely yeah. right. without I even mean, a thought. He uses his access at F Society to start this whole thing in motion. I mean, And Elliot, unlike us, he has perfect knowledge. Like, this guy isn't – 
pretending to be good. No, he I is have put good. my yeah. hands all the way up inside his 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 tender, intimate parts uh-huh. and pronounced him clean. And right. I'm still going to fuck him. Right. He's so, in, he's he he need, he has something that I need, and he's in my way. I I guess I like if I were to disagree with what you just said that's the angle i would come at which is not all corporations in the show are bad i think there are some some black and white sort the of good things, ones are but just there, incompetent <laughs> there are some gray ones well the good ones just get fucked like, yeah. i like uh. i i i don't think the show is trying to say that all corporations are like this i'm trying it's trying to say more like our current system is set up to encourage this sort of behavior and that the system is the broken part and that the good people get fucked and the bad people rise to the top, and the power collects at the top, and right. those sorts of things, which I largely kind of agree with. So this is the wire for the white-collar crowd? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good comparison. Except for, again, the wire was all based on real things. Like, they weren't, sure. they, they were all based on actual cases, because this stuff really yeah. happened, where this feels like a fantasy version of... Yeah, and maybe know, the hacking certain... part is based on, like, things that really happened. Sure. Um, I know the Steel Mountain thing is based on... Iron Mountain, you know something that right, right. There are locations like this, but based oh, on but actual, actual hacking the, events, the melting the tapes. Yeah, I don't think it was melting tapes, but it was something very mm-hmm. similar. Mm-hmm. Like they got in, and over the course of, uh, they wrote like really complex programs to shut down like power grids or something like right, uh, and really just fuck up infrastructure. Right. Uh, but I, I don't know, I. I don't see anything in this show as really trying to be super black and white, mm-hmm. um, except, you know, pieces of it are black and white, but I don't think the show overall is meant to be black and white. Mm-hmm. I think it's meant to be gray. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of what Do you have else? any, like, favorite... Fa- do you have, like, a favorite character? For- I know you're probably most hated. Your Tyrell least favorite character yeah, is sure. Tyrell. I actually dislike Ollie probably the most. Who's Ollie? Angela's oh, boyfriend. Angel's bo- yeah, he's a... Fuck he's a... that guy. All the way up his ass. So that, sure. Oh, man. I sure. hate that dude. Uh, <laughs> With a passion. I largely have the same feelings about him that Elliot does. And then once you find out that he's a cheater and just a scoundrel, like, right. fuck that That's guy. That's the other problem. Is like, Elliot's and always... And good for you, Angela. Elliot's always right. Like, his instincts okay. are always, always right. They do seem to be, yeah. Except for, I guess, he fucked up uh, Shyla. Um, and that was where his instincts were wrong. Right, yeah. But, um... Do you have, like, a favorite character from season the one? The bum that of... got beat up. He's okay. the real hero. <laughs> he is, He's yeah. the real hero of the story. Took a beating. Uh, I, the favorite character? Like, I guess I want to say Elliot, because everybody else... Sure, it's easy It's to so that, weird, yeah. because you... Other than those scenes we got of, like, Angela and Darlene just hanging out at ballet class or whatever they were doing, um, uh-huh. most everything is seen through the lens of Elliot, and everyone looks pretty one-dimensional and, like, a facade of themselves. Yeah. Because that's how he sees them. He doesn't, like, it's really weird brain-in-the-vat way of looking at it. Like, almost, like, all these, he treats all these people as if they are simulants or yeah, simulations. he does. Like, it's really hard for me to say, like, Man, Elliot does some real shitty things. Like when he tears down Bill when he's trying to infiltrate Steel Mountain, like get to level two or whatever, and he just says, "If oh, you yeah. really look inside yourself, you know you're useless and no one yeah. loves you." And like he well eviscerates this poor fool. Uh, and you know maybe the things he's saying are true, maybe they aren't. But god damn, like he's the bad guy in that moment. Elliot for sure is. Uh, yes, I think my favorite character, and this is a little tongue in cheek, but whatever, is Lloyd. Lloyd, who's like, 
Like he has some of the best lines in the series uh, in season one. Uh, when who when, is Lloyd? Is he when the other he's one of the other guys at, at All Safe? Oh, uh, he's oh, the, yeah, the yeah. buzz cut uh, yeah. Chinese guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> really funny. Okay, because like I don't know any of the other F F society people. Oh, right. Like it's like yeah. the Muslim one, the chubby one, the marijuana weaponized yep. wheat guy. Like I I don't know their names or they have a good handle on that yet. Same here. I don't I don't know them. Uh, that's typical of a bald move podcast. We go in saying what's his fuck with the funny hair, and by third or fourth episode, we'll have their names down. But yeah, we'll get them. But uh, yeah, that's about all I wanted to uh, say. I want to talk about some of the because the the crazy conspiracy theories that I started reading into when okay. I when I I, I looked into because I you know last year I watched it and I talked with it amongst the bald move fans and I think I might even did we do a podcast on it like a, a I think we did a short thing a on bald, bald move TV. TV yeah after we had seen it and I feel like I maybe I also I talked to Shane Bowman and one of the wrap up things I did. Um, so I know we get some coverage of it, but I didn't really get into like I wasn't on the subreddit every week. Uh, yeah, and and I was watching it much more casually. But there's these, you know, this is the kind of show that encourages this kind of crap. Uh, I should say crap. This fan behavior, like okay. you know, this is a true detective. This is a Breaking Bad. This is yeah. a everybody's wanting their their tinfoil theories. Um, uh-huh. There's a theory that Elliot and Tyrell and Mister Robot all the same person. Okay. I don't buy that. Okay. Uh, so here is the, the the main points of evidence is that Elliot, throughout the series, is shown to recoil at other people's touches. He does not recoil from Tyrell's touch. Uh, Tyrell sells that tells Tyrell Elliot... Tyrell touches him? When does Tyrell touch him? During the Iron Mountain or Steel Mountain scenes. Okay. Um, he also says we're the same... Uh, and also Elliot's subconscious during the, you know, uh, morphine vision saying that I was only born a month ago. Um, the other thing is that, you know, Tyrell is implied to help with the hack, but he disappears for three days at the same time that Mr. Robot blacks out for three days and he wakes up in Tyrell's car. Okay, let me throw this out there to just quash this, to nip this in the bud. Uh-huh. Uh, so you're saying that, if this theory the were true, saying, Jim, the internet I'm is saying, just passing right. information. <laughs> okay, if this theory were true, he would have to have two jobs, right? He would have to be an employee at Evil Corp because he interacts with tons of people sure. at Evil Corp. He gets high fired, level. he fires people, very high level. And he would also have to be an employee at AllSafe. Yes. There, there is no way around that. Those two jobs. True. At one point. When Tyrell's coming through to like tour the facility, is that what right? You're about? So there's two points then, I guess. So at the beginning, um, you know, he he interacts with him, and you know, he's in that that board meeting. I don't I don't know exactly how the interactions go, but I'm gonna say here's a showstopper for that theory. He at, at the end when he's looking for Tyrell, uh, he walks into uh, Evil Corp and he goes up to Tyrell's assistant. Okay. And he says, where is Tyrell? She wouldn't be able to say he's fired, go away. Right. If they were the same person. That's a good like, point. She would say, what the fuck are you talking about? You're standing right here. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. 
The other so point, unless I mean they're really leaning into this unreliable narrator thing, and he never actually went there, and like well, I mean they could, everything's they up in the air. They could do that, and I think that's what they could, but they'd have to show. And that, me that's that one of those theories where essentially point. every problem with it, as I, I could tell, is right. essentially an appeal to unreliable narrator. But there's one thing that I do. Tyrell's wife acts very Helena Bonham Carter ish when okay. he confronts her about the whereabouts of Tyrell. Oh right, he does that too. Yeah, and she speaks to him in Danish after speaking to him in English as if she, he she assumed he would understand that and says if you if you've done anything to him I'll kill you. Like it's it's very like you know mm. it, there's a couple scenes in Fight Club where Helena Bonham Carter is dealing with Ed Norton and it's everything feels off like for what it is and then you realize oh well he's also Tyler Durden this makes sense. Okay. I got a bit that's I think that's that's the biggest mystery. The why she tri- now maybe it's because Elliot and him were palling around these three days, and she knew that they were together and, and doing this the scheme. Uh, but she kind of I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah. Also, I, like I when I remember when she she broke her own water to get uh, right. the the cops away. That I thought that it, it was understood that she had sacrificed her baby. Like, whoa, mm-hmm. Jesus, this is great. But then the baby's fine. Like, you know, bloody fork and you know, self-induced labor with a fondue f- skewer and everything's going to be fine. Um, so this leads into the other – I can't even say this is a straight face. I'm just kind of warding off emails. Okay. The time-traveling Elliot uh, theory. What the fuck That Elliot is, is the son of Tyrell Wellick and Joanna, I think, Wellick or whatever her name is. That, that baby born is actually is actually uh, Elliot, and he is somehow mentally traveling back and forth in the time. Is there any support for that, like evidentiary type stuff? Uh, and that well, I mean, they 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 retcon that when he's talking to the audience, he's actually talking to his future self. When he is says, there like, any Hello, support friend. for that, like evidentiary type stuff? <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't know, like the no, not really. Okay, not really. This is just pure uh, speculation, pure the, fan the, the theory. The one, the one theory that could be a nod to this is there's a picture of him and his father dressed up as Marty and Doc Brown in one of the photos. Right. Uh, right. Okay. So I mean, there, but there's also like the reference that Back to the Future is his favorite. Back to the Future Two is his favorite movie. Exactly. So and and also White Rose says that you hack people because you know that he's trying on different personas to try to change his personal history. I'll say I don't think that's the story they're trying to tell. I don't think so either. It's <laughs> and and again, there's not. This is a theory that's a, that you know. Long on supposition and assumptions mm-hmm. that advance the theory and make a certain kind of sense, and it's like, oh wow, you know, mind blowing, but very short on actual evidence other than just you know, oh, the thematic speech. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back yeah. to the Future's mentioned. Well, okay, fine. Right. I mean, you know, there are plenty of other things that could have been mentioned there. And would you run with other theories? Yeah. Um. You know, the other thing is like. Not really conspiracy theory, but a lot of people trying to figure out who White Rose is and what their relationship is to E-Corp. Sure. What the relationship is to F-Society and Dark Army and, you know, who is the actual big bad? Is E-Corp the big bad or is Dark Army the big Mm -hmm. bad? And all that stuff is uh, part of that. There's also a theory of... um, Like if if Inception was the movie uh that had been mentioned, would you go with dream theories? Like... I mean, it worked just as well, right? Right. 
That, that's what I mean. Like, there's nothing in and of itself to, to say see, it's time It'd travel. be funny to see Elliot and his dad dressed up as Tom Hardy and uh, Leonardo <laughs> <Right>. DiCaprio. Yeah. <laughs> Just generic dudes in, in the tux. <laughs> right. How would you even know? Yeah. Um, the other thing is, like, I thought it was interesting, part of the the fact that, like, this show, I'd forgotten that the um, the Ashton Madison hack happened months after the show, but the show references it. Right. And also, yeah. the, the the famously, the season finale of this show got delayed yep. because of you know a gun gun violence incident, which it's, that's looking less clairvoyant and almost like betting black and roulette. You know, okay, like, eventually okay, it's going to come up. Yeah, like yeah. there's so much. You know, we're in this this kind of wave of gun violence right now that you know it, it's it it's, does seem prescient in a weird sort of way, but but almost like inevitably so. Like yeah, you said, the Ashley Madison that feels like, oh, well, of course, somebody's going to hack that and release data and embarrass people. But like, it, just the fact yeah. that it went down. In fact, I was I when I was watching it, I'm like, huh, yeah, they they man, they really really went hot to the press with the Ashley Madison thing and worked that into the diet. And then when I was reading some postseason reviews, I'm like, holy shit, yeah, it happened. It aired before that happened. So with that in mind, any predictions for? prescient things that's going to happen and see that should we start making stock market bets based on yeah let's watch the episodes and let's because every you know, once in a while like i'll if notice there's any coli this... scare in well, one of their the thing. fast food chains like when they're doing like the montages of the financial like they'll you'll see seas of red of everything going down but there'll always yeah. be one company that's like green oh that's right you need to bet on that company bet on green <laughs> bet to find, always find bet, it, green. Bet, bet on green <laughs> uh that's the other interesting thing is they modeled some of these these information leaks and stuff after like the Sony hacks, I guess. Like, uh, it was the 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 information that they got from this the Steel Mountain hack. They they were releasing once a week, like like the Sony hacks happened. Yeah, uh, and they were threatening to release more and all that sure. kind of stuff if demands weren't met. Yeah, it it definitely they do the hacking stuff really well, and in some cases so well that it happens before the hacks even happen in the real world. Yeah, uh, that is kind of yeah. I'm good. What, where I'm I'm at with Mister Robot for setting up for uh, season two. Uh, if you haven't listened to a Bald Move podcast before, you'll know you'll you'll come to appreciate that feedback is a big part of it, uh, and you can send feedback into Robot. Robot, okay. Robot at baldmove.com. Yeah, I thought about Mr., but then, like, people might put a period there. Or yeah. Make spell out Mr., and, like, it's like, just robot. Send it to robot at baldmove.com, uh, and uh, you can also discuss it. We'll have a forum set up for Mr. Robot on forums.baldmove.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the two primary ways. The first is the, the, the... Here's the other big thing that you could do for us, since this is a new show. Uh, go to iTunes and leave us a review. If you enjoyed the show, like... yeah. That that'll help us get into new and noteworthy and get people more people listening to the show. And I honestly couldn't tell you what the show is going to do. Yeah, it right. could it could be one of our big losers. It could be a big hit. I honestly don't know. So right. that will help out tremendously if you can just go leave a five star review on iTunes. Rate rate and review us. Yes. So yeah, we'll be back. Uh, you know, traditionally when a show premieres on an evening, we're back two days afterwards to give us time to research and do all that kind of collection work. Watch it a time or two more. Yeah, um, all the stuff that goes into a podcast. Uh, so the premiere is July thirteenth of season two. It's a double episode premiere, uh, Unmasked Part Damn. One and Part Two. So we'll have two hours of coverage uh, to get through by Friday. Quick uh, prediction: Who opened the Elliot's door at the end? Ah, <laughs> Tyrell um, Ellick. That's what I'm going to say. 
Okay, that's a pretty good prediction. Okay, I was going to go with White Rose. White Rose. Okay. Also Although that's that's too nah because that she said too much White Rose. She said you'll never see me again. If literally she sees him at the end of the season, that will feel weird, anticlimactic. Right. You're you know? going with the pronoun she. I don't know what which pronoun to go you're, with. You're because, right because like at the end. It's a he. I, yes. It might be a he. It might be a she. I don't really know. Problematic referring to the person <laughs> as an it. But yeah. Um, sure, sure. I, yeah, you're right. Because I don't know whether they are a man presenting as woman, a woman right. presenting as a man, a man crossed. Like, so, we don't know enough about the character. Apologies for not getting that right. But what, we don't, I don't what know it eventually turns out to be, but... I don't know there's enough information yeah. to definitively determine what this person... Sure. So we'll is. use it interchangeably. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Yeah, we'll be back with a double episode next Friday. Uh, talk to you then.